A mighty feast of hot steaming music brought to you in stereo by bostonfreeradio.com. Boston Free Radio has no corporate agenda. We're independent media for the people. Your music, your voice, your station. Good, y'all. The indefinable Sterling Golden is in the building. This is the Chop Session. We thank you once again for locking in for this award-winning series here on BostonFreeRadio.com as we kick off the month of March and our observance of Women's History Month. Some of the baddest boss ladies in our community and far beyond will be on the line with your man, Mr. Golden, all throughout this month. And speaking of our series, you guys, like I always tell you each and every week, in case you miss an episode or you tune in late, say no more, fam. We got you. Wherever you listen to podcasts, search The Chop Session with Sterling Golden and hit that subscribe button to catch each and every episode one hour after our premiere on Boston Free Radio, as well as each and every episode of our series. And speaking of our series, you guys, we kick off the month of March tonight with a conversation with the trap feminist herself, the one and the only Brandy Blaze. And with that said, Brandy Blaze, you're on the line. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing amazing talking to you. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great as well. I'm happy to have you on the line tonight for our kickoff of our celebration of Women's History Month. Who better than the trap feminist Brandy Blaze, right? I mean, I'm excited to have you on the line. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you again for having me. And especially for Women's History Month. Like, what a perfect time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get right into the Brandy Blaze story. Okay. So literally from age three, you have been in some sort of performance mode, whether it be as a creative doing poetry or whether it be as a, as a singer or a rapper you have been active since that early age. So let's hear about it. So how did Brandy Blaze come into becoming a creative at such an early age? Um, I really have to thank my mom. Everyone affectionately calls her Mama Blaze because she's literally everybody's mom. She's such an amazing person. But um, she got me into dance classes. When I was three years old, um, I always loved to sing, you know, along to the radio. Uh, when I was really young, my favorite song was Poison by BBD. And I was singing in the car. Oh, yeah. oh yes. <laughs> so I think she was just like, you know, let's get her into something. <laughs> and let's see if she likes it. So I started dancing at three and I just kind of always was involved in something creative. Um, I also played sports as well. Um, I really loved playing lacrosse. I played lacrosse in high school, but um, I was always involved in something artistic. And I started writing poetry after the death of my great, great grandfather when I was 13, um, which I took really hard. And that was the first piece of poetry that I wrote. And I just kind of blossomed from there. I, I had like a really, I feel like extensive music knowledge as a kid. Um, like I had a record player in my room, um, which I wasn't in the era of record players being common anymore. Um, I'm a 90s kid. So 
I had like access to all these older records, but then my mom never censored any of the music that I listened to. So I listened to a lot of current music. Like I said, I'm a nineties kid. So I grew up in that golden era of music. And then also I listened to a lot of old school because I enjoyed like the vinyls and things like that. So um, I think it was pretty much a natural progression for me to go into music. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's evident when you hear the music of Brandy Blaze, just the true love that you have for your craft. It's evident when you hear Late Bloomer, as well as singles you've done. I mean, it's an incredibly empowering listening experience. You know, that's what I get out of. Thank you so much. Hey, you know. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. It truly is, though. You know, anybody that comes across the work of Brandy Blaze, if you don't feel like, you know, you're at your highest level after listening to the lyrical firepower that Brandy Blaze possesses <laughs> and the unapologetic realness and rawness that you hear on these records, man, you're just not listening, okay? Turn it up to 10 and really give Brandy Blaze a serious listen, you know what I mean? You know, so let's get back to your story here a little bit, Brandy, because there's so much to unpack about you, and we're going to get to all that here on the show today. So let's talk about hip-hop, okay, and your influences. I understand that you have such greats as Missy Misdemeanor Elliott, Lil' Kim, Nicki Minaj, among others, as influences, and as you mentioned, in high school, you began rapping, you know. So I want to know, was there a particular record or a song or just an experience you had with hip-hop that really got you into this culture during high school? Is there one particular moment, particular piece? I mean, let's get into that. I don't think that I was in high school. I think I may have been in junior high school. I can't really remember. But um, I'm if I look up the dates, I was probably in junior high school, but I do remember it was a cassette. And I remember I, the first time I ever heard Get At Me Dog by DMX and something really just like clicked in my brain. Like I felt like it was just like the greatest record that I had ever heard in my life. And I was just like, wow, I listened to rap before that. Um, but that's like the first experience with rap that I really remember where I was like, oh my God, like this is what you could do with this and then i heard um little kim's second album i was too young for the first one but i got acquainted with hardcore when i was older but i remember her second album notorious kim and um missy's um like first like two three albums like those records really changed me fundamentally i feel like even as a person because it brought out like this artistic side of me where i was like this is what i want to do like, I want to be like them. Like, I just felt right. all that power. And I think it's it's kind of interesting, like, when you hear my music, but I'm so heavily influenced by rappers that are really aggressive. <laughs> like, I love yes. DMX passionately. Um, and Little Kim and even, like, Nicki Minaj, like, when I heard her Monsterverse, that was, like, another moment in my life that really fundamentally changed my life because I heard, like, how hard a woman could really, really go is we've been so suppressed in hip hop, you know, that before Nicki Minaj came out, there was really a drought of women that were mainstream true. and you know, that, that wasn't great. So seeing Nicki Minaj really blow. And then that monster verse where this is a woman that demolished Jay-Z, Rick Ross and Kanye West on a record. Like I had never heard, anything like that in my life. And that was like another defining moment in my life. I mean, I'll tell you, just looking at the plethora of names 
in female hip hop that have come along for the decades. It really is a testament to you how you take the great elements of all these names and these creators and meld it into the unique Brandy Blaze sound experience. I mean, you mentioned Missy Elliott, you mentioned Nicki Minaj, Little Kim. I'll tell you, myself, I'm a huge fan of MIA. Okay. And Missy. Yes, I love MIA too. Absolutely. Missy Elliott drops a hell of a piece of fire on the remix for Bad Girls back in 2012. And if any of y'all out there have never heard the Bad Girls remix by MIA with Missy Elliott, go out of your way to find it. It's a must listen. It's one of the dopest things. You're missing out. Yes. You're missing out if you've never heard that record. <laughs> Absolutely. So real quick question. You mentioned uh, you're also a fan of MIA. So have you ever seen MIA's documentary film? I haven't. I need to. I need to get on that. It's a must. Okay. It's called Matangi Maya MIA from 2018 an award-winning film, and it really gives you an idea of how broad the scope of her story goes beyond just music into activism, family, and every aspect of her life and her career. Definitely check that out. But we're here to talk about Brandy Blaze here tonight on The Chop Session. So let's get back to that now. So when looking at the beginning of your story, you know, in Boston, in music, in hip-hop, I understand in the beginning that radio wasn't really giving much love to Brandy Blaze in the beginning. And then you had a great mentor out here, someone who I've had on shows in the past, and she is one of the greats in the new game in Boston hip hop. Let's talk about your relationship with Oompa. Uh, Oompa is just everything to me. I, I, I tell her all the time how much I love her and how grateful I am um, for the influence that she's had on my career. Um, when I met Oompa, um, I was starting to get some traction on the North shore and the South shore. I hadn't really found that traction in Boston yet, um, which is crazy because I'm from Dorchester, but I would go out to like Quincy and um, Revere, Lynn, Lowell. And I started to get like a lot of love out there. Salem too. Um, I've been out to Worcester several times and I got a lot of love out there, but I, I just wasn't finding that traction in the city and linking up with Oompa, um, she really took me under her wing and really guided me on really breaking into these barriers that were set up in Boston. Um, I think especially for someone like myself, it could be a little hard um, because my music is very explicit and that could be like really shocking, which I don't really understand why, but maybe that's because I grew up on Little Kim. So to me, it's not shocking, but right. <laughs> I understand it can be really shocking at first for some people. And that was a big barrier for me. Um, and Oompa really helped bring me into um, a lot of spaces that I don't think I would have been able to access without her. Um, and she's just an incredible artist in person. Um, being able to be on the Cleo album is still the highlight of my career. Um, Cleo and them is still the biggest record of my career. Um, and I'm just eternally grateful for her and just her artistry and the influence that she has on us as female rappers out here, because I don't see how you can't be influenced by Oom. Like, I don't, I don't see it. Like she's everything. It's true. One of the, my favorite lyrics in the last few years that Oompa dropped in a track. And I think it might know this one. If you're petty and you know it, clap your hands. Clap your hands. I love it. 
<laughs> Only Oompa. I'm also in that video, too. That's right. You are. <laughs> it all comes back around, you know? I mean, the relationship yeah. between you and Oompa is fire as evident in music that you guys have done in the past. And also, you've opened for Oompa as well. And some of the greats of the new era, like Cliff Notes, like Still Gold, like JPEG Mafia, you know? So... When you are on stage as an opening act for these artists, I want to know, you know, as you've done this versus doing headlining gigs and things of that nature, what was it like for you when you were being brought in by these young kings and queens of the game to kick off the night vibe for them, to kick off the whole experience for them and have that responsibility? Because people don't realize just how big a responsibility the opening act has at a live show. Now, if you're like an established act or whatever like that, sometimes that opening act may not get much respect. But really, if you're a true music head and aficionado of the live experience, you really got to give it up for the opening act. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it's tough. It's a tough position to be in um, just because you're you're literally setting the tone for the entire night. That's just it. Like, you, you can't go up there. You can't be terrible because people are going to be like, who was that opening for Still Gold? Oh, my God, they were awful. Like, you, you don't want that. And right. it's also a huge opportunity because you're opening for someone else. It's much, much more likely. Obviously, the vast majority of the crowd is there to see, you know, the headliner. So it's a big opportunity to be able to introduce yourself to a new audience. So that's even more pressure um, but I've always felt like every opportunity I get, I just try to make the absolute most of it that I possibly can. And, you know, obviously shout out to my DJ, DJ Sham, because she's a big part of my stage show and making it what it is. But I, I just make sure that I make the most out of every single opportunity that I possibly can get, because you never know when it's going to come back around or you never know who's going to be in that audience, who you can convert into a fan. And I've definitely grown my fan base. The, a lot of my fan base came from them seeing me live. Yes. I mean, the thing that people don't realize, if you haven't already experienced Brandy Blaze on stage, is a big part of that Brandy Blaze experience is the explosive nature of her live performance. You really get the full scope of the Brandy Blaze vibe when you experience her on stage. And I know that. We've had the live concert you know, business on pause for about a year now, and we're getting toward a point where we can get back there again slowly, you know. but I mean, we're talking about the live concert experience. So I want to know, Brandy, in the past year with the public health crisis being all the rage in the worst way possible, I want to know from you, how have you been handling that situation, knowing that Brandy Blay is a, such a hell of a live performer? Without that live stage, how has Brandy Blaze continued to bring the fire? I've been very blessed. And I know that's like such a, you know, odd statement to make, you know, during a global pandemic where things are scary and people are using their loved ones. Um, it's been awful. People are losing work and, you know, all those awful things that come with this situation that we've been in for the past year. Oh, yeah. You know, never mind, you know, how our government has fumbled it. But anyway... Um, when it comes to my career as an artist, I will say that I have been blessed to be able to still perform. I think I was only out of commission for about six weeks when the shutdown first happened before right. I got my first gig 
um, with the Boston calendar. And I, I was really grateful for that. And it, it just kind of showed other venues or other organizations that I did have the capacity to perform. So then the booking started to come back in. Obviously, it's not what it was before. And, you know, it could be a little depressing pre-recording. Um, but I've also had a lot of really beautiful experiences um, doing shows, especially with ART, the Oberon, that show I did with Angemile. And Keovani came out spectacular. It was absolutely gorgeous. And those are things that I never would have been able to do with a live audience. Um, like they literally built a glass box for me to break out of and I got to break it open. It, it was insane. Um, I never would have been able to do that with a live show. And also even the Zoom meetings, I, I still get that energy. I actually had, um, I did a little performance Friday um, over Zoom for Young Black Professional Organization. Saw that, and yeah. they were they were excited. Like, and I was just in my kitchen with a speaker, you know, on my MacBook, and I wasn't with DJ Washington was at her studio. I was at my house, and I had the speaker, and that was literally it. But I could still feel everyone's energy. Everyone still had a great time, and I was able to still connect with people. So um, I'm really internally grateful for the blessings that I've still had. Um, I miss everybody. I'm finally fully vaccinated, so I can't Yay, wait for everyone nice. else to get vaccinated so we could be together soon because I, I miss everybody so much. I just want to be able to hug people, really. <laughs> and that's coming soon. That is coming soon, okay? Believe me, you guys, there was no finality, you know, in having to miss out on hugs and live concerts and gatherings and things like that. It's all coming back before Y'all know it, okay? And you will have that Brandy Blades hug, I hope. <laughs> hint, hint. Yeah, <sighs> that first show back with everybody back is going to be insane. I, I'm, I'm just like counting down those days. I cannot wait. I hope it happens this year. Uh, but I know that first show back is going to be absolutely insane. And speaking of absolutely insane, let's go absolutely insane right now. Here is Model on the Chop Session with Sterling Golden here on Boston Free Radio. We are back in a few minutes.
this pussy trap like Mako. My nigga name me Undertow. Nobody rocks a runway like Brandy Blaze. That was model here on the Chop Session on bostonfreeradio.com. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden with Brandy Blaze on the line, kicking off our observance of Women's History Month. And like I always tell you guys, in case you miss an episode or you tune in late, you, we got you, family. Every episode of the Chop Session is available wherever you listen to podcasts, one hour after premiere. Just search up The Chop Session with Sterling Golden, and you can catch every episode to date, including the one you're hearing tonight. With that being said, back to the story of Brandy Blaze here on The Chop Session. So, Brandy, I'm going to pull a quote here from a previous Brandy Blaze interview from WERS.org, okay? And here's the quote. Quoting here, when you look at Boston hip-hop before, back in the 90s, who did we have to look up to? There's Ed O.G. and Almighty Urso. That's what we had from here. Now, to get to a place where we're going to build our own scene and we're going to build our own infrastructure right here, that's incredible. To me, there's no reason that Boston can't be on the same level of a hip-hop destination as a Houston, as an Atlanta, as a Miami, as a New York, as an L.A. The talent is here. Everything's here. So there's no reason for me that that wouldn't happen. I think we have finally found a way we can work together and make that happen. Because one thing I know is all of us have a lot of talent, unquote. So let's talk about it. Okay, so today here in 2021, do you feel that Boston has made its way up to the same level as a Houston, Atlanta, or a New York as a hip-hop destination? I don't think that we're there yet, like as on a national stage. I don't think that we're getting the recognition that we should yet, but I do still passionately feel like that's true, that we are on our way to it. And I'm I just so proud of all the artists here and how hard everyone has worked. Um, we have artists that are breaking into the mainstream now. We have artists like um, Cousin Stiz and Bia and Millie's who are doing incredible work and really repping, you know, for Boston, for Cambridge, for Massachusetts. Um, We have Token as well, who's amazing. And um, 
I, I just see the progression. I'm very, very proud of it. We have our artists here that are still based here, obviously, like Still Golden, Oomp, and Cliff, and Red Shades. Ooh, y'all know I love Red Shades. Absolutely. <laughs> and fabulous. And Queen Doll, Jazz, like all these incredible artists that I just truly passionately love. And we are just been working so hard to make this happen. And I know that it will happen. And even if I'm not a part of that generation that it happens for, like that big break into the national stage, I do know that it's coming. And I'm still very proud of the fact that I was part of the groundwork to make that happen. But we're getting there. We have, you know, um, NPR recognizing what we're doing here. We have Grammy.com recognizing what we're doing here. I, I truly believe it's only a matter of time. It truly is. You know, I mean, I'm biased, though. When I say that I feel Boston is there, that's in my opinion, though, you know, because when you hear, you know, going all the way back to such deep cuts as the Boston Goes Deaf compilation on vinyl, you can hear the talent has always been there, but maybe the recognition wasn't. But I feel like in 2021, an acrobatic or an Ed OG, you know, or Almighty Urso or so many other great names we've had through the years of Boston hip hop. And here's a deep cut for you, exposition. You know, I mean, I feel like, to me, it's always been one of the hotbeds. You know, when I think of the greats of hip-hop, Boston is one of those cities that always comes to mind for me personally. You know, now, you mentioned some of the great names in that previous interview and in our conversation here today. So, let's take it right here. I want to know from you. Now, I'm not going to say the term Mount Rushmore because, well, that's stolen land, so we will not do that. But I will say, in these terms, the four faces of Boston hip-hop. And we're talking about throughout all the generations we've had since the beginning of the art form hitting Boston, all the way up to today. Who would Brandy Blaze credit as the four faces of Boston hip-hop? Obviously, there's some people that I won't say yet because they are legendary to me. They're on their way to legendary status, but I feel like they're still, we're still like new in our careers where we, you know, we've only we haven't even reached a decade yet. So um, I will say definitely Edo, definitely Almighty RSO, definitely Guru, and Mo Pope, who has done so much for the scene and is like literally the unsung hero of the scene. And I know you said four, but I'm going to give you five because the fifth slot absolutely has to go to New Edition. Even though not technically <laughs> hip-hop, they do a lot of hip-hop influence. And, you know, they have Mike Biv and Ronnie DeVoe. So I'm a count it. <laughs> and why not? You know, I mean, it's hard to ignore the influence that New Edition has had out here. You know, I mean. Absolutely not. You cannot. You, you can never downplay what they've done for the city. Um, even to this day, you still see them. Boston jerseys out repping the city, supporting the city. And, you know, you might get lucky and run into Mike Bibbs out here. So um, I love New Edition. That was the first concert I ever went to. So. I've been in love with them since I was a little one. <laughs> I hear you there. I hear you there. You know, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, you're talking about your roots in hip hop and what you've been influenced by. I mentioned you began writing poetry during middle school. Let's go back to poetry for a minute. You know, so I want to know the experiences you had as a writer of poetry. Was there one particular piece that you did during middle school that you feel was your standout? Do you feel that any one of those works influenced your later work as a hip-hop artist. Let's talk about Brandy Blaze 
writer and creator and curator, if you will, of poetry? I don't think I necessarily really have one piece that sticks out for me other than like the first poem that I ever wrote. But I think that writing poetry really expanded my mind into composition and like how things should be composed and how things should go and flow together. Um, You know, I still write a poem every now and then, not as much anymore, but um, when I was heavy into writing poems, I never really worried about rhyme schemes so much. I just more worried about the flow and the pace of things and how things should go together. And I think that really did carry over into me as a rapper because my flow and delivery to me, um, I pride myself on that even sometimes above my bars, because sometimes it's not what I say, it's how I say it. That makes it sound a lot flyer than maybe it necessarily is. So I'll be like, sometimes I'll be like, that line was really corny. But then I'll do the song and it gets the biggest reaction. And I'm like, I don't even personally really think that was the best bar I've ever written. But I think it's just the way I say it (laughs) that gets people excited about it. And I think that's really what I carried over from being a poet. And just kind of like watching incredible poets out here. I was really embraced really heavily by the poetry scene um, when I started, you know, getting traction in Boston as well, which I'm forever grateful for, like the Fearless Speaker Open Mic. Um, obviously, uh, one of my best friends, Amanda Shea. Um, I love Portia O, Sublime Love, Eternity, um, D-Rub. I could name like a bunch of poets that I absolutely adore. Um, Dexter, um, Didi Delgado, like I could nab the butterfly. I could keep going because there's just so many poets here that I absolutely adore. But when I came into the scene as a rapper, one thing that I really noticed about them was their stage presence and their delivery and the way that they said things with like such conviction and such strength. And I think a lot of that also helped me with my stage presence and really like focusing on what I'm saying, but not just what I'm saying, but how I'm saying it and making sure that people really get that emotion from what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful for the poetry community out here um, for embracing me and showing me love because I, I got so much from them. I'll tell you what, you know, you mentioned a great name amongst all these great names, Amanda Shea. And we'll be having Amanda Shea on the show two weeks from tonight on the 15th of March. Now, Let's talk about that connection you have with Amanda Shea, one of the great artivists, as she likes to say it, artivist in the Boston scene, and an accomplished name herself in terms of spoken word and just being a force of nature out here like a few others. I want to know about how your connection with Amanda Shea began and your thoughts on Amanda Shea as a creator. I met Amanda Shea, oh my goodness, I think it's been about four years ago. Um, I met her at an open mic. Um, I'm pretty sure it was at Dudley Cafe. Um, and I had went to this open mic. I, I met like Amanda Shea and Upa and all of them pretty much the same time. So what a blessing that was. I'm so glad I Absolutely. went to that event to this day because what a blessing. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I was really um, heavy into when I was starting out. I went to like pretty much anywhere with the mic. I didn't care what it was. It could be poetry, it could be rap, it could be two hours from the city, it wouldn't matter. If I knew that there was a mic 
or if it was a hip hop event, I would be there because I was really hitting the ground running, trying to make this work. So that was just like a beautiful meeting. She was such an amazing artist. I loved her poetry and she really embraced me. She helped me get onto other stages, um, booked me as a feature for open mics that she was running and brought me with her to other places, to other states. Um, and, and she's just been an amazing person, but she's also one of my best friends. Um, she also works as my publicist. And she has been like an incredible part of my team and just her as an artist. I'm, I'm very proud of her and everything that she's accomplished. She puts out these gorgeous poetry videos that inspire me a lot because they're just so beautiful and visual. And she works with me on creative direction as well. Cause she just has that amazing eye for things that I feel like most 99% of people wouldn't see the beauty in she can. Um, and sure. that's what makes her an amazing poet as well. But she's a, incredible person um she just had the third installment of activating artivism i've logged on both nights at the time of my life um she does so much great work for the city and i'm really glad that she's getting her acknowledgement because she deserves it she certainly does i'm excited to have amanda shea on in two weeks on the chop session you guys you're gonna love that conversation i know i'm looking forward to it and i may even ask amanda shea to drop some spoken word on us on the air I think we, yes. should do that. we should absolutely <laughs> do that. And also, I got to say, big ups to Amanda Shea on a great visual presentation she has dropped on us recently on social media, the photo essay called Body, and a video presentation as well, really has showcased another side of Amanda Shea like never before. And I got to say, looking forward to that conversation very much March 15th. But for now, here is Boss Like Me. This is Brandy Blaze on the Chop Session with Sterling Golden on Boston Free Radio. Back in a few. Niggas call me a bitch, it's only cause they think that I'm pushy, baby. Pushy, baby. But I know what I want and to get it out, 
shiny suits, just a shiny car. To run from the boys, cause I got it in my bra. This bitch is never for me, cause of them I am God. Trying to get on my level, that's just way too hard. Yeah, I guess it's like a game and you wouldn't get far. So far, my stratosphere might as well be on Mars. When you step to a boss like me, press pause. Do you know what to do when you fuck with a boss like me? Like me, Brandy Blades, kicking off Women's History Month, the observance of Women's History Month here on the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is BostonFreeRadio.com. We have Brandy Blaze on the line. Like I always tell you guys, in case you miss an episode or you're tuned in late tonight, check out the Chop Session with Sterling Golden wherever you listen to podcasts. Search it up. By that name, The Chop Session with Sterling Golden. Hit that subscribe button and check out each and every episode to date, including the one you are hearing right now. If you tuned in late, why did you? Doesn't matter. We got you. Brandy Blaze, we have you on the line right now. So let's talk the past year. We mentioned a few things earlier on about how you've handled the public health crisis and how you've continued to shine in spite of it. But right before that, you dropped the video for Model off of the album Late Bloomer. So let's go in two parts here. First of all, let's talk about the video from Model and then the album Late Bloomer. So when you watch the video from Model, you really get a great idea of what the Brandy Blaze experience is like because she is just making her way through that runway, making an impact, explosive lyrics, a presence like no other, and everybody along that runway is just vibing with Brandy Blaze in that visual for model. And then, of course, Late Bloomer. The firepower on this record is intense, okay? It's an unmissable experience, a crucial listen, one of the most crucial we've had in Boston music and hip-hop in years. Let's talk about model, first of all. Let's talk about the recording of that music video. What was that like for you? It was an absolute blast, and I, I feel like it, it made me feel like I really had come full circle in my career. I was like, wow, this is really happening. Um, it was directed by the amazing Jay Hunt, who I love to death. Um, and we shot it at Dorchester Art Project. Um, shout out to them. I'm actually on their advisory board as well. Um, Dorchester Art Project always has a special place in my heart. And especially being from Dorchester as well. So it was really special to me to shoot the video there as well. Um, and then just have like so many beautiful people that I love in that video made it that much better. Um, my vision for model had always been that I wanted people of all shapes and sizes and gender expressions. Cause that was really important to me to show, not just, you know, very pretty, you know, what would typically you would envision as a video girl. I didn't want to go in that direction. I wanted to show right. people that were gorgeous, but looked very much different from what you would expect when you hear, you know, I'm a model. Um, I wanted what a model should be, which is anybody feeling good about themselves and feeling great. That that's the meaning of that record to me. And it was, it was a beautiful experience to shoot it. Um, I had an absolute blast. Um, one of the best times of my life. And, you know, it's so funny, like COVID, I feel like 
messes with like your perception of time. So it feels like another lifetime ago, but I realized it wasn't that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) So true. You know, it really messes with you when you realize that the video, you know, came right on the heels, really. You know, I mean, actually the crisis rather came on the heels of model not too long after that, you know, and you've had to make the most of that situation. And you have, you know, you've stayed lit, you've stayed creative, you've stayed a force out here in spite of not having the live stage or having a lot of the advantages you have in a quote unquote normal, whatever that is, environment, you know. Now let's talk about Late Bloomer. There's a claimed record. I want to hear about the creative process behind this album and the acclaim it's received, you know, since then. Let's talk Late Bloomer from the perspective of its creator, Randy Blaze. Well, Late Bloomer is my baby. I, I, I'm still like, I'm more probably more scared about my follow-up to Late Bloomer than any album I've done just because I never expected Late Bloomer to get the response that it did. I was completely floored and like blown away by people's response to it. Um, but I just remember, you know, I, I put out my first project in 2016 and, you know, I, I was still, you know, unknown in Boston and I just kind of threw it up on SoundCloud. Then like six months later, I threw it up on streaming and then boss like me started to get traction. And I said, okay, maybe you should start working on another album. So when I first started to work on late bloomer, it had a different title, um, completely different concept. And what happened is that I went through a lot of upheavals in my personal life and artistically that were very impactful in my life. And like, unfortunately, like really negative ways. And that really shaped late bloomer. Um, I'm always someone that, I'm grateful for the bad and the good experiences in my life because I know that they shape who I am as a person, but they also shape my art. So even when it's painful, I'm still grateful because I know that great art will come from that. And that's pretty much what happened um, artistically. I went through a lot of upheavals and a lot of changes. Personally, I went through a lot of upheavals and changes. And Late Bloomer just became a completely different project. There's only two songs three songs from the first second album that made it on to late bloomer everything else got completely scrapped and i started over and then the concept came to me and you know shout out to sandal films my brother and mr psa um who helped me create the short films for the album and um Mr. PSA was also on the um, interludes on the album as yeah. well to, you know, continue the plot of the short films. But I am, um, I'm really grateful that it came out the way that it did. I, I'm still floored to this day about the reaction to it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm entirely grateful for everyone that felt touched by it or enjoyed it. And to this day, I still get messages from people, especially about records like fraud and how that touched them and helped them get through tough times. And that makes me feel like my, the things that I went through wasn't in vain. It had a purpose. Exactly. And I was able to help people with that. And that makes me feel good. It's a vibe, you know, that whole record. It's just an entire vibe. You know, if you've ever heard Lay Bloomer, you guys get out there and experience it now wherever you stream music. There's a reason why Brandy Blaze got nominated for the Boston Music Awards Breakthrough Artist of the Year. Now, in spite of the fact that you did not come out on top in that category, Brandy, let's talk about being nominated. 
What was the feeling like for you upon finding out that you are among the elite few to be nominated for Breakthrough Artist of the Year by the Boston Music Awards? Well, I screamed and I ran through my house first. (laughs) (laughs) Then I called people after I screamed and ran through my house a little bit. And then I called people to tell them. Um, I think it it was just like, it was the, I felt like it was my confirmation because it's my third BMA nomination, but it's my first one in one of, you know, the big categories that's for all the genres. And it was me, just me by myself. And that was like, it felt like the confirmation that, yeah, I'm doing this and I've done what I was supposed to do out here in Boston. And it it felt like recognition. It felt really, really good. And at that point, I I really didn't care that I won. I mean, the artist that won is incredible. I looked her up. She makes incredible music. Um, But I really didn't even care if I won or not at that point, just, I, I, I just soaked in the victory of just getting that nomination and I understood like how big it was to be in that category. Well, I'll tell you what, okay, I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap things up here this week. And that is something that's even greater of a victory to me, to your name than that. Giving back to the community is a huge calling card for Brandy Blaze. I want to know, you know, about your give back to our community, our youth, our people out here. You know, the work you do as someone who gives back to the community, I got to commend you for that, Brandy. You give back to the community like few others do in the Boston music scene. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I work with Mission Safe, which is an incredible nonprofit. Please make sure y'all go visit missionsafe.org, support what we're doing. Um, We work with youth in the city in Boston, providing, you know, support structure um, to youth that are in middle school, high school, and also court-involved youth. Um, Really, that's my life's work outside of music. There's nothing else that I would want to do besides music than work with youth. Um, I've been doing it since I was 16 years old. Ironically, um, I used to work for the Bell Foundation as a tutor when I was in high school, um, and I just kind of kept going with that. Um, I was heavily involved with, you know, organizing protests and things like that. Um, I had to take a step back from that due to, you know, my work and music kind of like exploding on me. But um, I'm always making sure that I do my part by spreading awareness. I like to, you know, donate my art, my art, you know, to do benefit performances. I make sure that I always do that every year. I make sure I do several a year um, just because, I understand what people on the ground are doing and the work that we're doing, especially within, you know, the black community, the brown community, the Boston community, the queer community is so, so important. And if I'm not making music, I'm always going to be working with kids. I don't really like adults too much. (laughs) 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 But (laughs) Kids are great, especially teenagers. No one likes to work with teenagers. I do, though. I I feel like I understand, though, because you could talk to them like an adult, but they're still a kid, so you can't get too mad. You know what I mean? So (laughs) um, I'm really blessed um, Mm -hmm. to work with Mission Safe, and I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of the communities that I am and be around like-minded people that are so passionate about helping our people. Like it makes me feel good. Well, I'll tell you what, Brandy Blaze, like I said, if you have the heart that you possess out here in terms of giving back to our community. And I said a moment ago, that was our final topic. I lied. I have one more. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) 
hey, it happens, you know? I understand that Brandy Blaze is working on her third record set to drop this year in 2021. What can you tell us so far about this new Brandy Blaze vibe? Wow. Um, I'm nervous. I've never been this nervous. I was nervous for Lake Bloomer to come out, but I feel like the anticipation for this one after the reception that Lake Bloomer got is like, whoa, I, I'm really nervous, but I'm really excited. Um, I was really once again, just like being blessed, I feel like it's just a theme of my life. When like I like to be grateful for every blessing that I have. But I Absolutely. received the lab grant from the Boston Foundation in um, 2020, and that's why I'm working on a third album so soon um, because I didn't think I was going to get the lab grant at all. No one was more shocked than me. So <laughs> I knew what I wanted to do for my third album. I already knew the concepts of it, but. When I actually did get the grant to make it happen, I was like, okay, so I guess you are going to have to do this album right now. So we're in the middle of it. We're um, starting to shoot videos at the end of the month, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, we'll have a full, you know, release and everything. And I'm, I'm just really, really excited about this album. And I'm really excited to expand on that vulnerability vulnerability that I started to show on Late Bloomer because I feel like on my first album I was very closed off and I just talked about surface level topics. Late Bloomer, I feel like I started to dig deep and I feel like this is the right. one where I'm finally just like completely open about this is everything about not Brandy Blaze because I'm Brandy at home. I'm Brandy, you know, with my friends that have known me since high school. Um, I'm not Brandy Blaze. So I, I really want people to know Brandy as well and not just a persona or you know what they think brandy blaze is absolutely and i'm excited to hear this brand new record from brandy blaze hopefully you know i mean i actually not hopefully what am i saying hopefully i know it'll be every bit as explosive as late bloomer in fact maybe even more so dropping later on this year the new album from brandy blaze Brandy, what can I say? This has been such a dope conversation today here on the Chop Session. I really appreciate you taking your time on this Monday evening to talk with us about your career to date. I look forward to the new music as well. And believe me, once live concerts are back on the schedule, I look forward to experiencing that Brandy Blaze vibe in person. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for everything you do for the artist community. We're grateful for you. We're grateful to have you. Hey, what can I say? You know, I'm right there with all y'all, shoulder to shoulder, putting in the work just like you guys. You know, it's an honor to be That's out right. here. And by the way, y'all, if you want to follow Brandy Blaze, you may do so on Instagram, Twitter, and more at Brandy Blades. Doesn't get any more, you know, easy than that, you know? Brandy Blaze, we thank you once again. This is, by the way, coming up right now, Slip here on the Shop Session from Brandy Blaze. And up next after that, more information on next week's and this whole month's episodes of the Shop Session. Brandy, thank you. Thank you. We are back in a few. He in the 
never had a bitch quite like me Snap bonnet, got the Venus trap like me Swallow all the way down just like me And he ain't never fall in love as quick with me Ghost, shoulda won the white sheet Fuck at me down, really try to digmatize me Meanwhile he plotting on me, trying to gas me But they got my bitches trying to warn me Lassie, slide on a nigga, really trying to trap me Said that these other bitches really sweat me He really love this wet pussy, tastes like Hershey That chocolate don't make him right, so we got to hurt me Blowing up my phone, Nolly won't He really only want me cause he flown Brag that he got Brandy Blaze on, lock me down That's a no-no, I just hit the flow, Joe you think that you winning, you really winning? When I had you stick up from the beginning? Think you winning, you winning, you really winning. When I had you stick up from the beginning. Uh. Almost my me slip. Almost my me slip. Almost my me slip right off my pivot, get right back on in a minute. Uh. Almost my me slip. Almost my me slip. Almost my me slip right up my pivot, get right back on in a minute. Uh, Ray J, if he only how I wish, if he had Brandy Blaze, this bottom bitch. But I got the bigger dick, drink, hit the switch. I don't know these niggas, how quick they forget it. Dick and some gifts gon' really get me back. When I got the bunch of bugs on the rock, like a trick ain't by my whip, where your money at? He gon' miss hitting this, and that's a fact. Cause my pussy tighter than my bra strap Home alone, trapping niggas, remember that? Liquor really soften up that dick But I need my dick harder than a motherfucking afro pit You think that you winning, you really winning? When I had you stick clockin' in the beginning? Think you winning, you winning, you really winning When I had you stick clockin' in the beginning? Uh. Almost my me slip Almost my me slip Almost my me slip right off my pivot Get right back on in a minute uh. Almost my me slip Almost my me slip Almost my me slip right off my pivot Get right back on in a minute uh. Once again, big love to Brandy Blaze for getting on the line this week here on the Chop Session. We appreciate you, love. We look forward to the new music later on this year. Now, next week, y'all, here on the Chop Session, we continue our observance of Women's History Month with a conversation with Univision's Jennifer Marielle Ruiz, sportscaster for Pachanga Latina. I've known Jennifer several years now. She's always done it big and done it with passion, whether it's in pageantry and any other endeavor. And now she's taking on the world of sports as a sportscaster for Univision. And I'll tell you, I couldn't be prouder of this fabulous boss lady. Next week, check out my conversation with Jennifer Marielle Ruiz here on The Chop Session. And like I always say to you guys, in case you miss an episode or you tune in late, say no more, fam, we got you. Check out each and every episode of The Chop Session wherever you listen to podcasts. Just hit that subscribe button and you will not miss a thing. I guarantee it, y'all. This is the indefinable Sterling Golden. We're back next week with more of the Chop Session, 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time here on Boston Free Radio. Until then, 
Follow us at Chop Session Show on Instagram and at the Chop Session on Twitter. And follow your man Sterling Golden on Instagram at DJ Sterling Golden and on Twitter at DJ Sterling Golden with one G. I've been saying that for years. This is the Chop Session, and I say stop. Stop.